Welcome back. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 31 presented to you in partnership by Bleeding Green Nation, SB Nation's home for Philadelphia Eagles content and blogging the boys, SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys content. He is Brandon Lee Gowden of BGN. I am RJ Ochoa of BTB. This, again, Volume 31 of the greatest crossover ever attempted in the history of the world. BLG, happy week 11 to you, sir. Everyone in the NFC East won, RJ, except for one team that did not play. So phrased another way, no teams in the NFC East lost in Week 10. Mm, greatest division in NFL history. Uh, it's a it's an appropriate thing, Brandon, that we are coming up on the like onslaught of NFC East games because they're all just finding their form right now. You got Washington beating Tampa. You got Dallas announcing themselves with authority once again. And you got Philadelphia, like RJ said they would, exposing the Denver Broncos for the frauds that they truly are. We have a lot to get into, obviously, uh, with NFC East action from Week 10. But BLG, before we do two things uh, that I want to run by you and the loyal listeners. First of all, if you haven't yet, loyal listener, subscribe to this show, to this network, whichever team you prefer. If you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation. If you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, subscribe to Blog and the Boys. You can search for either one. Wherever you get your podcast, like I said, subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. If you've already left a rating and written a review on your preferred team's feed, Go to the other one. Do the cross review as BLG coined. Leave a five-star rating. Write whatever you want. And BLG, I have two new reviews to read for you. Are you ready for them? I wait. Hold on. One, two, three. Okay, now I'm ready. Okay. Uh, the first one comes to us from Stuck in a Vacuum. Uh, it is a five-star rating. And like we say, BLG, we will read whatever anybody says here. So this is word for word from Stuck in a Vacuum. The title is First Round Pick Arjo Cho. No big deal. Just, again, reading word for word. Uh, the NFC's mixtape is a great crossover for Dallas Cowboys fans. It's a little one-sided. As an Eagles fan and BGN subscriber, there's no evidence BLG, in air quotes, is a true Eagles fan. He has a very pessimistic view on anything that involves the Eagles. Five stars for RJ Ochoa. He does a great job always supporting the Cowboys and with his perspective and coverage on the NFC East. I wish we had that. Brandon, uh, BLG in air quotes, uh, as the review put it, if that really is your real name, would you like to respond? Uh, I would say that being stuck in a vacuum must really suck. <laughs> uh, BLG is wearing an Eagles cap, by the way, uh, in case anybody were to ever doubt his fandom. Although he did pick the Dallas Cowboys to win the Super Bowl uh, and is, uh, you know, repeatedly banging on that drum next one blg comes to us from awesome 7243 another five-star rating uh caption or title really like nfc's mixtape here we go i always enjoy checking in on the other teams in the division and getting different perspectives even if they are from an eagles fan in parentheses barf like blg go cowboys mm. your response uh, my response to that is uh, Eagles hat. Actually, that is autographed, as you can see, RJ, by someone you will not be able to guess who signed this hat. I bet you anything you cannot guess who signed this hat. Well, I can't like just looking at it, but if you give me give me a clue, or give me a chance, like you know, uh, didn't play for the Eagles. Mm. All right, you're not going to get it. It is Mark Hoppus from Blink One Eighty Two, who is an Eagles fan. Mm, I've seen this photo. Fan. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah, I've seen this photo. BLG is a company man. Had the BGN T-shirt ready when you met him. Look at you. I, did, I gave him one. Yeah, I gave it. So Mark Hoppus owns a BGN t-shirt. In theory, Blink-182 could go on tour one day, and Mark Hoppus could be wearing a Bleeding Grenation logo t-shirt at a concert. Will it happen? Probably not. But could it happen? Yes. It could. Very cool. So um, totally just blew off the review, but that's fine. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what we do here. Uh, my last thing before we get into the results from week 10, we like to have some fun. We like to get to know each other, you know, like to let the Eagles fans get to know the, the pleasant person that I am like to get the Cowboys fans to, to get to know you BLG and, and your particular outlook on life. Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever told us, I'm, I'm going to guess I'm the first person to ever tell you this. Um, has anyone ever told you that you, they remind that you remind them of Seth Rogen, but you've never got, yeah, I mean, it happens all the time. <laughs> yes. So I, I like, as you were going to say this, I knew what you, you were going to say. Uh, I used to do these Facebook live chats where I would just do like a Q and a session. So I'd just be holding like my phone up or putting it on my laptop and just having it, you know, like right up on my face and all the comments I would see from the live stream would be like, is this Seth Rogen? And, uh, it's funny though. Cause I don't really get that a lot. I feel like in person, I've gotten that from internet people, but never like it's, in person. It's your voice more than, than anything. I think, um, mm. you, you really sound alike. 
Um, on the subject of Seth Rogen, uh, when I was recording Monday Football Monday with Pete Sweeney, our colleague, and actually Pete Sweeney will be heard by Dallas Cowboys fans this week at Blogging the Boys as the Cowboys uh, will visit the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Look forward to those chats uh, later on. But uh, Pete and I were talking best kind of Christmas movies to watch. Like, you know, you're we're getting into the season right now. And he mentioned one that I have never seen. It's called The Night Before. Um, have you ever seen this? Have you ever heard of it? It's on my list now. I gave Pete my word I would check it out. That's my first question. My second is, what is your answer for kind of a classic Christmas movie that has to be watched this time of year? I mean, I've seen The Nightmare Before Christmas, but not, not The that, Night Before. Uh, I watched the trailer. Think... It looks pretty good. I'll be honest with you. I'll send it to you after. Uh, wait, the trailer for what? For The Night Before. It's got, to, to okay. let you in on, it's got Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Anthony Mackie. It, I'm telling you, the trailer bangs. Like I'm, I'm pretty pumped to watch this. I haven't seen anything about it. I think it's crazy that you'd pick "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree" as your favorite <laughs> Christmas song. That is so nuts, uh, especially when you shot down "Carol of the Bills" too, which is just an epic Christmas song. So when I think um, of like a Christmas song, and I'm a big softy, if, if I'm being totally honest, I think of like growing up, like dancing around, you know, with my mom. Now with my wife, like putting the Christmas decorations up. That's a really danceable song. And that's that's where my mind goes. Yours is all like, oh, yeah, let me get in a, a dark, cold alley and play Carol of the Bells <laughs> and, and chase down somebody. But whatever. So your favorite song and favorite movie. My favorite. Go ahead. Uh, Give us your answers. Favorite song, I would say. So I think you have to go with uh, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. It's a good call. Uh, King Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, I think that is the quintessential Christmas song, I would put it. It's like not even necessarily like a favorite. It's just like the definitive Christmas song. And then you, you always uh, get that scene in a Christmas movie of somebody like sitting by the fire, you know, yes. like like being pensive, holding a drink or some eggnog with that song on in the background, the crackling of the fire. Perfect. Good. Good job so really? far. Yeah, I think it puts you in the like you can almost envision everything. It's it really uh, comes to life that song. And then movie, man, I don't really know that I have like a definitive Christmas movie that I watch every year. I mean, obviously, there's ones on TV that you turn on. Maybe I see like halfway. Um, uh, I don't know. What is yours again? Rachel, our fantastic producer, and I agreed it was Home Alone when we had this discussion. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I was thinking like I kind of like some of the old ones that make me think of being like one of my one of my favorites growing up. How about this was the year without Santa Claus. I really like that with Heat Miser and uh, Snow Miser. I really like that. I thought that was a lot of fun. All those movies like Rudolph, um, uh, Chris Kringle, all that kind of stuff. I really like those growing up. Watch those like a billion times. Good for you, BLG. You did well. Good job here. Um, like I said, I'll send you the trailer for the night before. Uh, if you have a favorite Christmas song, Christmas movie, you have thoughts on Christmas in general, BLG is on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. I am on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. You mentioned it, Brandon. Nobody in the NFC East lost in week 10. Everybody, well, not everybody won, but nobody lost. That's probably the most literal way uh, to frame it. And some teams are starting to talk about the playoffs. We'll get to them in a little bit. But one team that is definitely headed for the postseason because we go in divisional standing order, the Dallas Cowboys. Brandon, uh, your pick to win the Super Bowl. You wrote about them in your power rankings as such on Tuesday. Uh, announced, like I said, re-announced themselves with authority. 43-3 to win over the Atlanta Falcons. I've said this a couple of times, but just so you're aware, uh, during our post-game show after the Cowboys lost to the Broncos, I said, look, the Cowboys are going to say all week this was a one-time thing, et cetera, you know, they, whatever. The only way we know that to be true is if they come out and they just whoop up on the Falcons next week. They did that. It's safe to trust them, safe to believe that last week was a fluke. How do the Falcons have four wins this year? Like they're gar- they're they're garbage. They're an awful team. I guess they're better than like you know the Saints and whatever. Or, well, not the Saints. They're better than the um the Jets and the Giants and who else did they beat? Um, I forget. Are oh, the Dolphins okay? Great. Uh, they beat the Saints, which you know it's not like the most they, impressive. They thing, barely beat the Dolphins, by the way. Like I mean, they squeaked that true. out. Um, but you know the Saints, I think are solid, and we'll get to them later because the Eagles play them this week. But like that team just stinks, and it's a division game, so you know weird things can happen. I guess that's part of the explanation there. But yeah, the Falcons are just terrible. Um, I think we talked about it last week. Neither of us were like if we're playing like buy or sell. You know, with the Cowboys concerns. Neither of us were buying the concerns. We were selling them, and I think a lot of people thought the Cowboys would bounce back this week, and they did against a terrible team. I mean, the Eagles will out the team in week one, so they're not good. <laughs> 
Um, the Giants lost to this team. <laughs> like to, to put it in perspective. At at, yeah, with Eli being honored at halftime. Um, yeah, I mean, this was um, like an onslaught. And it was, it was very, I, you know, liken it to whoever you want. But in, in the beginning of the second quarter, it's seven to three. And then you blink and it's 36 to three at halftime. I mean, that was one of the more impressive quarters I've ever seen from the Cowboys. I don't know if you know this, Brandon, but they scored 29 points in the second quarter. That's the most that any Dallas Cowboys team has ever scored in any quarter in any season ever in franchise history. I think when you're starting to see these kind of historical things, that's what makes me think like the Cowboys are, you know, primed for like bigger success. I was actually looking through um, some articles from 2017 uh, today, actually, funny enough, not really even related to the mixtape, because uh, I, I just look back at years uh, past sometimes just for like article ideas or just kind of just sure. for, honestly, the just to see like, hey, what was I doing this time? Like, like five years ago or whatever, four years ago. And I stumbled across the uh, recap that I had, the 10 things I learned article from the Eagles Cowboys game in 2017, which was the mm. Cowboys worst home loss or one at, of the them, time. At, least, uh, at the time. At the time. It's, it's since been you know, defeated. Uh, but, and that was, uh, again, ironically, the night that Jerry Jones was celebrated for going into the hall of fame. Good times. And like some of the takeaways I took from that was like, Oh, the Eagles were doing like crazy stuff in terms of like, that was like their, this, the X game with this many points score. Like they were like setting all these records and making history. And like, you know, looking back on it now, it's like, Oh, it's easy to see why we had such confidence in that team that year. Cause they were doing, not only are they winning, but they were like do, winning in like, like giant ways. What's absolutely matters. It's not just about like, like I get like people say a win is a win, but like, that's not necessarily true. Like, the the best teams in the NFL beat up on the bad teams. They don't just squeak by them. They like dominate them. You want a very high point differential. I, I believe point differential isn't everything, but it matters a lot. Um, and I think that's exactly what the Cowboys did in this game. Uh, you reminded me of this um, in talking about that. That was a, a rough game. By the way, uh, well, this episode everybody's listening to comes out on Wednesday, November 17th. Friday marks the four-year anniversary of that game. Uh, we just got past the four-year anniversary of the Chaz Green game. This this particular contest against the Eagles was one week later. And I remember Jay Ajayi had a great game. And I thought I remember, that's why I just double-checked, Corey Clement had a great game, had a great touchdown in that game uh, for the Eagles. Corey got in on the action. That's how massive this beatdown was for the Cowboys BLG. That's just nice little full circle going there here that Corey Clement, six carries, 20 yards uh, for the Cowboys on Sundays. They beat the Falcons. Uh, Kenyon Barner had a touchdown in that game too, the Eagles Cowboys game back in 2017, which is, you know, really shows you how times have changed and uh, also how dominant a win that was. How about that? Corey Clement uh, actually grew up a Cowboys fan, as you may have known, RJ, even though he's from South Jersey, so he's a fraud. Um, obviously, <laughs> played a big part in the Eagles winning a Super Bowl, so we'll always appreciate that. Um, I mean, he has to play in Washington next year, and then he will be the official player of the NFC East mixtape because then it'll you know, be an all team. Mark Sanchez came close, though. Again, this like uh, it, yeah. it, it predates the NFC's mixtape, but he came close. Uh, certainly, you know, there, there's a handful of guys that are on the All NFC's mixtape team, not the All NFC East team, but the All NFC's mixtape. Right. Um, so Cowboys are back. Everybody's now looking forward to this game against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday, especially because the Chiefs are kind of back. I said this on the Seven Five Zero, the show I do with Tony Casillas on our network, BLG, on Tuesday. So people have already heard that, but I'm curious for your take. Um, and th some of this has to do with the rest of the NFL right now. You know, it's so hard to really, you know, figure out who's MVP. Uh, I think coach of the year right now belongs to Mike Vrabel. I think Matt LaFleur is probably second there, but I think Mike McCarthy's there. But my point is this game on Sunday between the Cowboys and Chiefs, when we look back at the end of the season, it's going to be like in the top three in terms of ratings. It's going to be monstrous. It's the afternoon window, Sunday before Thanksgiving. I mean, it's just going to be a massive, massive, massive thing. Generally speaking, historically, there's nothing that like this that, you know, this really suggests, but the Cowboys always kind of play dramatic games the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Um, so, you know, lots of you know potential for theater here. I think this is a game where if the Cowboys win, if they have success, this could be like Dak Prescott's MVP moment because a lot of people are going to see this game. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it, again, there's a lot to happen. And so I'm not saying like, boom, he, he has success. Give it to him right now. But this goes a long way in the narrative buzz that is a big part, a big component of, of what goes into MVP. I think going into this game, uh, maybe like, a lot of people would think before this season would kind of be like, okay, are the Cowboys for real? Like this is their test, the Chiefs. I think it's just the opposite though. I think we've reached the point where like the Chiefs 
all right, they blow out the Raiders and everyone's okay, they're back. But like the question is, are they really? Because if they're really back, they'll go out and they'll dominate or, you know, just be, they don't have to dominate necessarily. They don't have to blow out the Cowboys, but they have to beat the Cowboys. Um, and I think that's kind of the bigger question here. It's not so, so much from the Dallas side. It's actually from Kansas City side. Um, so I think that's kind of an interesting thing. And actually, it's a, it's not like to take away from the Cowboys. It's a credit to the Cowboys that uh, they're seen as the measuring stick now for the Chiefs as opposed to vice versa. So I think that's the interesting thing going into this game. Uh, it's a big one. It is a, is a big one for both of these sides. The Cowboys have had a, as you've pointed out many times before the season and then throughout the season, they've had a really easy schedule, like a very favorable schedule, just especially in terms of the quarterbacks they've played. But now they get a really tough one. Um, so what's like your confidence level going into this game? So for, first off, I'm apprehensive in the sense of, I think this is the first game like this that we are ever going to see these Chiefs play. Uh, in the sense that the the Mahomes Chiefs have always been the favorites, right? They've been the the dominating team. They've always been the like attacked, right? How are they going to respond? Like how are they going to absorb the best shot from the Titans or the you know the Patriots at the time or whatever? And so this isn't they like can they prove their back game? That was last week. This is their like okay we got up. You know this this isn't them like trying to get off the mat. This is their up on the mat. Like the you know the the ref or the ump is like you know squaring them off and they're like you good you know what i mean and the chiefs are like yeah we're good and so i'm interested as just a football fan to see how they respond to that and if the cowboys can take that shot and win that will be a, a vote of confidence that i really um you know haven't been able to give this team in my lifetime but i i i don't see a reason to pick against them they are two and a half point underdogs um whatever you put into that so i, I would take them to cover i think they'll win i think that and i know that you get tired when i sing the songs of mike mccarthy did you see the monkey butt story that was floating around um this week so yes i did i actually put it in the link today uh at bleeding green nation but i refuse to actually like read what monkey butt was about because i don't think i even want to know but and i figured you would tell me anyway here on the podcast the, so i guess why don't the you spark, tell me? The spark notes are uh, monkey butt is apparently, I didn't know this. I, I would liken it to baby powder. Like it's a, you know, you're, you're raw uh, in an area. You need to soothe it. So you use monkey butt. It's, it's an application, et cetera. And Mike McCarthy had the Cowboys coaching staff pass that around last week. You know, I don't know if there was like a big deal, but just kind of a, you know, a lighthearted way of, of mocking them and, and challenging them after they, they got you know spanked by the Broncos. And, um, I don't know if you paid attention to this, but every Cowboys fan certainly did. The Cowboys won the toss against the Falcons and chose to receive. Very uncharacteristic of who Mike McCarthy has been. It was very, very, very clear that they wanted to send a message, that they just wanted to get the ball and go to work and just pour it on. Um, and so I think this is this is some of the most focused, you know, level of devotion I've seen from this team in a while. Um, you know, the Chiefs had an impressive win. I certainly don't want to knock that, but I think the sample size of this season is much more favorable for Dallas than it is for Kansas City. So, I mean, we'll do our picks at the end of this, but I I feel I feel about as good as you can going into this game, honestly. Uh, kind of drawing more parallels to the Eagles 2017 season. The Eagles had signature wins like along the way. Like they beat the Rams, they beat the Panthers on, I believe it was Thursday night football yeah. at the time. Like they had these really big games that were like, wow, like this team, like you knew, like you felt like, okay, this team has arrived. This is legit. This isn't just like the Eagles having this really favorable schedule and beating up on a bunch of bad teams, which they did as well. And this is important, but they got the big wins too in big spots. And I think that's what the Cowboys are going to have to do if they're if they're a true Super Bowl contender which you know I think they're a contender but if they're truly like I'll say like a favorite then you win this game that's what you, you go out there and you win this game and you convince everyone that like you are for real um so it's, it's a big spot uh I think uh I don't I, I'm gonna pick I'll spoil my pick I'm gonna pick the Cowboys to win this one I don't feel like a hundred percent certainty that they are just because again Andy Reid in the second half of the season can be dangerous. He gets his teams like the fact that the Chiefs are still around. Like you talked about this on Monday Football Monday with Pete. Like teams effed up in the, in the yeah. AFC. Like oh, they, they didn't take sure. advantage. Yeah. They effed up. Like you let them hang around. They're going to figure it out potentially at some point, and it's going to come back together. And I don't know that that's guaranteed to happen for the Chiefs, but the path is there. And I think uh, it's an interesting inflection point, I guess is how I put it. Because you can see how this narrative is going to work either way. You can see, oh, the Cowboys win. They beat the Chiefs, who had just resurged, and now they're, they're the Super Bowl favorites. Or it could be, well, the Chiefs are back. They beat the Raiders, and now they beat the Cowboys, and now they're going to go on this run. So uh, you can kind of see it from either side. I will say, and I'm fully aware that this can come back to bite me in the butt next week. Uh, maybe I'll need the monkey butt. But like, I think 
when, when if your team's going to win the Super Bowl, you want to look back and you want to say like, man, it was epic. It was, you know, like you you want the like, you know, the crazy ride, the heart pounding moments. Now every every fan will also say, no, I want it to be boring. I, I want to blow every team out. You know, I, I don't want any stress, whatever. I, I'm in a weird way happy that the Cowboys get the the back Chiefs. You know what I mean? Because it, it wouldn't taste the same if they if they beat up on this lowly Chiefs team. And again, I realize this this might blow up in my face. The Cowboys might lose, but I I want that. Like I I want that story. I mean, it's it's every Cowboys fan's waiting has been waiting forever for this to happen. And if if it's gonna happen, I want it to be epic. Um, so you know, I realize that's playing with fire just a little bit. Um, but uh, but yeah, last thing before we transition to the second place team in the division, BLG. Uh, ESPN's Todd Archer tweeted this out: The Cowboys lead the NFL in points and yards per game this season. The last time that they led the NFL in both categories this late in a season was weeks ten through twelve in 1995, the last year that the Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl. That was also the last year that the Atlanta Braves won the World Series. So stars were aligning. What can you do? But um, either way. Uh, it was also the last year that the Cowboys beat the Broncos, right? Uh, correct, but they did not. Oh, on that note, um, the last time the Cowboys won at Kansas City was in 2009. That was part of a three-game stretch where the Cowboys lost to the Broncos and beat the Falcons. So, you know. But they probably played in Kansas City like once since then, right? Look, BLG, don't ruin the tweet. All right, <laughs> just, just let, let the tweet do numbers and, and just enjoy it. All right, uh, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I want to be very clear. I never root for the Eagles. All right, I hope I wish you're a great friend of mine. All Eagles fans, <laughs> I wish them all health, wealth, and happiness. I never want to see the Eagles win, though. I hope you all are miserable when it comes to rooting or watching your team. Um, I will say... It brought me a little bit of joy to see them expose the Broncos for the frauds that they are. I mean, it was Nick Sirianni. I love you. All right. Thank you, Nick. Thank you so much (laughs) for exposing Vic Fangio for the fraudulent nature that he has created within the Denver Broncos organization. That's that was my spiel. I appreciated all the tweets from Eagles fans, by the way, that were something to the effect of. RJ called this. This is what RJ said would happen. So big win for me, BLG. I mean, I also did pick the Eagles to beat the Broncos. So it's not like I doubted them, to be clear. I mean, hey, get sir, take your credit. I'm just saying it's not like, oh, you were wrong. It's like I picked them to win. Um, so this game, RJ, a lot of people, a lot of Eagles fans are coming out of this one feeling like, all right, like we got we got it going here. The Eagles, again, I think I brought this stat up last week, but it's still true. They're number one in EPA per play for the last three weeks, which is like a really crazy thing to think about where you consider where this offense was earlier in the year. Uh, a lot of people are feeling like Jalen Hurts is the guy. And I will say that Jalen Hurts had his best half of NFL football by far in that first half against the Broncos. And it wasn't just like the Eagles were only leaning on the run. Like Jalen Hurts was making accurate throws, like at all levels of the field, deep, intermediate, short. Um, He was really working the pocket in a great way. Uh, Nick Sirianni highlighted like his best throw as this third and 12 throw to Dallas Goddard, where he Sirianni even said like, if that's earlier in the season, Jalen Hurts might take off running there and get like, you know, seven yards, whatever, 10 yards short of the sticks. But in that play, he kept his eyes downfield. And he delivered a strike while rolling left a little bit to Dallas Goddard. And that was a really big play. It's also the play that Goddard took a shot to the head from Justin Simmons, which somehow wasn't the flag and was knocked out for the game. But different story. Uh, so I think it's a little interesting, RJ, because I think people are a little bit too high. Here I am, the oh, hater. The hater. No. What's where the hater? A little too high on Jalen Hurts coming out of this game. This is a stock up game for him. No doubt about it. But this isn't like. All doubt has been erased, and now he is definitely 100% the franchise guy. Like, RJ, Jalen Hurts had three pass attempts in the second half, and the last one was an interception, and then he didn't throw again, in part because the Eagles didn't need to. And speaking of inflection points, like I said earlier, let's talk about the Cowboys and the Chiefs. The biggest moment in this game, RJ, was when the Broncos had the ball after a very bad Jalen Hurts interception, and it's fourth and one, and they get it, but Javante Williams fumbles, and obviously Darius Slay picks it up, and you saw the Teddy Bridgewater non-tackle and everything, and I want to get your take on that. But, like, that was such a huge moment in the game because, like, instead of the Broncos probably at least getting a field goal there and maybe a touchdown, making it a one-score game, the Eagles were up 27-10. to 10. And, like, 
wait, I, I keep getting the math on strong. That makes sense, right? Yeah, it was twenty to ten. Yeah, twenty-seven. So that's like a that's it makes. I thought a, it was a seven-point game when that happened. Okay, so, seven-point game. So then that no. made it a fourteen-point game. I forget I, the math. Who cares? I'm but pulling, the point is, I'm like, pulling this up so like, nobody gets mad at us. But keep going. I keep forgetting. Um, I messed it up in the podcast, too. Doesn't matter. Anyway, it's not like I covered the Eagles for a living. It's not like I need to know this. So the point is, though, like the Eagles didn't need to pass again after that. They didn't pass again after that. They were able to run the ball and the defense was able to, you know, step up and, and kind of take care of business. But like, you know, I just I wonder what that second half would have looked like if Jalen Hurts actually did have to throw and the Broncos came back because he wasn't looking as good in the second half. So it looks like the Broncos made adjustments. So I'm not saying uh you shouldn't feel encouraged about Jalen Hurts if you're an Eagles fan you should but I'm just saying like this idea that like let's crown him he's definitely the guy now like that's a little too much for me so first of all it was 20 to 13 at the time of the fumble that Slay picked up uh, and then how so then it was okay. 27 to 13 just you know so nobody gets gotcha. upset yeah um Jalen Hurts finished just for statistical purposes, 16 of 23, 170 yards, two touchdowns with the interception you mentioned, 53 yards on the ground. I think so what the, the big win here isn't even the win, if you're an Eagles fan, isn't even that RJ was right. The big win here is Devontae Smith, right? Because now it's like, okay, this is it, right? It's it. It took half a year. It happened. We can believe. Next year, we're going to have the three first-round picks. By the way, big win for the Cowboys that all three of Philly's first-rounders you know, dropped some stock last week. But um, we're going to have all three first-rounders, whether it's Russell Wilson or whatever. We know Devontae Smith is not Jalen Rager. That's the biggest win here. Oh, happy, happy belated yeah. birthday to Devontae Smith, by the way. That aside, I worry that Eagles brass is, is in a position if Jalen has these types of, like, box score games where they're like, Hey, you know what? He was all right in Denver. You know, like that's you, you almost need the bottom to fall out. Like we, we talked a few weeks ago, like is is it almost Gardner Minshew time? Like you need that. You need, you need to see the, the like monitor, like heartbeat flatline. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to have that so that the front office doesn't convince themselves that there's anything worth salvaging here. Cause you have to move on. Maybe Jalen hurts is, it's ironic that this happened against Teddy Bridgewater. That's like his ceiling in the NFL. Is it not? I mean, I think he can be a little bit better than that, but like um, th- that neighborhood, that territory. Well, here's what I'll say. Like so many people have been like, like the, the prevailing take after this game is like, Jalen Hurts is the guy use the picks on defense. Let's like, like give Jalen Hurts. And it's just like, people are so willing to like rush to settle for like, just, fine at quarterback the most important position people are just like let's just it doesn't matter i've seen people say the eagles have too many needs to address quarterback like what are, you, what are you talking about like quarterback is the most important need how could they have more needs than that um and the other thing is like who are the teams out there that had great success because they rushed to settle for less at quarterback is it the vikings with kirk cousins because that's what i think of a team even that, that like, got to get- even that wasn't like settling though like they made a big move you know what i mean like mm-hmm. I, I know that you don't view kirk by the way kirk a winner this week against your los angeles chargers but that was a big <laughs> deal you know what i mean like they didn't they didn't like settle i i, I don't i don't like i get your point but i don't think that's a, a even good example of what you're saying like when i think of settle I think Jimmy Garoppolo, like you traded a second round pick for him. Like that's settling to me. Like you, if you want premium beef, you got to pay premium price. Or maybe like, I mean, Derek Carr has been better this year, but maybe someone like that, like still though, they've given him a big contract before too. Like it's, it's hard to find an example. I'm I'm looking at my mini helmets to try to like figure one out. Um, My point is the Panthers, the Panthers settled this year. Okay, but yeah, the point is like a guy who's like, you know, isn't an elite guy, but he's like, sure. all right, this is our guy. Let's just build around him now. Like, let's just like, I just think that's not the best model for success. And look, I will say that there is a lot of season left and Jalen Hurts can prove himself. So I'm not ruling that out. I'm just saying I need to see more. And I also kind of, and this isn't really uh, something he can control, obviously, especially this year, but like, can I see a win against like another top quarterback? Because like, as I like, who is the best quarterback that Jalen Hurts has gone up against and the Eagles have won? It's either Matt Ryan or Teddy Bridgewater right now. Like, I need to see uh, a little bit more than that. Yeah, that's, that's fair. true. Like, that's that's just like, who is the top quarterback? I know it's not like people are like, oh, the quarterback doesn't play the other quarterback. Yeah, but okay, but you're going up against that guy and he's never outshining that other guy, that top guy. And in fact, a lot of those games, the Eagles have gotten blown out. Now, I guess you could say, in fairness, 
the Eagles haven't kind of been using their newfound identity against some of those better teams. So I will allow that, but like, I, I want to see it happen. And in fairness, it's also like just because if the Eagles do run it back with Jalen Hurts next year, it's not like they're paying him the big contract yet. So they still have time in that decision. That's sure. kind of ultimately what matters most. But then like, OK, you could say that, but you're using these draft picks. You have these draft picks now. And if you use them on defensive players and then you realize, oh, crap, like Jalen Hurts actually kind of isn't getting any better next year. And he's just kind of topping out as this fine guy. Well, they, then what do you do? Because you spent these resources and now you're probably not bottoming out. You're kind of just like in this media, like you're just in the middle somewhere and then you yeah. don't have an avenue to getting a new quarterback. Like that's what I worry about. You know, uh, your want, your wish is fair, uh, but you're not going to get it this year. Um, and this, this kind of segues us to the second portion of the Eagles conversation, the Eagles remaining schedule. I know it's like, you know, easiest one, you know, from in a lot of senses um, this Thursday or this Sunday, excuse me, you mentioned new Orleans, at the Giants, at the Jets, before the bye, super late bye this year, the Washington football team and the Giants at home, and then at Washington and Dallas to end it. The only elite quarterback left, sorry, is Dak Prescott. But even then, that Week 18 yeah. game might not matter for the Cowboys. And so I, I want to get to this, BLG, but before we do, we have to say, I know uh, John Stolness wrote about this at Bleeding Green Nation, um, about how it's not ridiculous to talk about the playoffs for the Eagles who are currently four and six. The Carolina Panthers are currently the seventh seed in the NFC with a five and five record. Uh, they play Washington. Who's also, we'll get to them to kind of talking playoffs. So one of those teams is going to lose this week, but, um, I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's inconceivable because that seventh seed and maybe even that sixth seed in the NFC is going to be trash. I mean, the Eagles beat the Panthers. They have a tiebreaker <laughs> over them. The they didn't beat, beat the, the Cam Panthers, too. but you're right. They had a tiebreaker. They didn't. And they beat the Falcons. I don't, I mean, uh, real quick on that. I don't think Cam is like going to like, you know, I don't think you think. No, I do, but it's fine. Let, let the story be fun. Just let the story be fun. Oh, oh and, and quickly, I the Teddy thing was a bad look. You you wanted my take on it before we leave. Bad, bad look. Oh, bad yeah. Vibes. Um, it is. So, yeah, that's tough. Um, although Teddy Bridgewater did help the Eagles win a Super Bowl. So I put him in the winner section. My winners <laughs> and losers. Obviously, great, he didn't. Choose great to have old his... throwback article. Yeah. He didn't have choose to have his knee explode, but uh, it did ultimately help the Eagles. So, uh, shout out to Teddy and for helping them win on Sunday by not making the tackle. So, I'm not going to rip Teddy. I'm going to say he did a good job uh, to help the Eagles. Um, yeah, I don't buy the the Panthers as like rejuvenated in this huge way. I do think they're a little bit better than Darnold because Darnold just stinks. I think Cam's kind of done, but at least his rushing ability kind of gives them like something more than nothing, which I think Darnold gives them. Um, so. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, they can. So when you look at the path and you look at the field, like pretty decent chance they can get that seventh seed or that sixth seed. I think it's doable. This game against the Saints this week is really big for that because if they're the, they're the five Saints seed win, right now. Yeah, if no, the Saints six win, seed, six seed, sorry. they're in a good spot already. You know, like their record's better and they would have the tiebreaker over the Eagles. Like that could be a really big deal. And I know the Saints don't seem like super scary on paper because they have Trevor Simeon quarterbacking them right now. But like Sean Payton's going to figure it out. Like he's going to figure out a way to have that team at least be competent. Like they're not going to just like roll over and die. Like I just don't see that happening for them. So uh, this game this week for the Eagles is actually kind of like sneakily really big, even though it probably isn't going to matter in terms of like Super Bowl, but in terms of like those final playoff spots, I think it will. So we both acknowledge that Sean McVay is a coward uh, and that the Rams are frauds oh, as well. The worst. Um, right. So, but we're willing to concede that the top wild card spot belongs to the loser of the NFC West, right? Just for the purposes of this conversation. Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're talking about the six and seven seeds right now for the Eagles or Washington to potentially take over uh, when it comes to playing in the postseason. And New Orleans, as mentioned, is currently the sixth seed. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys would host them. Um, today, if the playoffs did start, obviously they don't. Uh, and the Carolina Panthers are there. Looking at the Panthers' remaining schedule, we already ripped off the Eagles one, BLG. The Panthers have the Washington football team this week. Obviously, you know, not a difficult game. Then at Miami, so you could kind of see that, like, ooh, they're seven and five. Watch out, the Panthers, blah, blah. They're on by the week before Philly. Then they get the Falcons after. But three of their final four games, in fact, their final four games are at Buffalo, Tampa at home, at New Orleans, and then at Tampa. Ooh. I mean, oh. so... That's tough. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not saying Philly's winning out, but Philly's schedule is not difficult at all. And then we go to New Orleans just because they're also in the mix here. And this is relevant for Washington too. at Philly this week. And then the quick turnaround and they host the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving night. That's tough. Seven days later, they host the Cowboys on Thursday night football. That's tough. 
They're at the Jets the week after. Okay, fine. You get back to your winning ways. Then they're at Tampa Bay on Sunday Night Football, although they did already beat the Buccaneers. Uh, then they host the Dolphins. They host the Panthers, and they visit the Falcons. Like, I think you're getting at least, like, three more losses for each of these teams. So I think, like, eight to nine wins might do it for the Eagles. Eight wins is exactly where I had them in our, uh, I believe, our predictions, or at least my prediction on the schedule I released. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I don't I, – look, I don't think it's a given. I Like, this Eagles team is playing well right now, and the vibes seem to be better. I don't know if you saw the clip of Devontae Smith and uh, Darius Slay lining up against each other, RJ, but they were doing that in practice last week. Uh, Devontae was playing cornerback and because he was like, yeah, I could lock you up, Slay. And uh, uh, so there's some fun vibes happening right now. But like it's not just a given because, well, it could be from the standpoint of the Eagles defense does really well against these bad quarterbacks. I think they're allowing like 13 and a half points per game against like the quarterbacks I've deemed, the five ones I've deemed as like bad ones. And then they're allowing like over 30 to the ones uh, that are obviously not bad. Uh, so the fact that they play all these bad ones could happen. Defense should hold up and the offense has this identity. It'll be interesting this week from the standpoint of the Saints have the number one run defense in terms of DVOA, in terms of opponent yards uh, per rush attempt. So now they also kind of did last year when the Eagles were rain all over them. I think Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts both broke 100 on them. So maybe they can have success again, but that's kind of like a big test in terms of, okay, can this Eagles identity, which is just like running the football and limiting Jalen Hurts' pass attempts, although again, Jalen Hurts obviously had a really good game against the Broncos, like can that work for them? Um I think it's possible. Sure. Yeah. And then again, you broke down like the field. It's not that competitive. So decent chance they can make the playoffs. How crazy would it be to see the Eagles and Cowboys match up in the playoffs? RJ, not counting on it, but so, how, when's the last time that happened, by the way? It's been for, like forever, right? Uh, oh, it was the McNabb stuff. It but, was like there was actually I mentioned the the three game stretch when Dallas uh, lost to Denver, beat Atlanta and then won at Kansas City. It was that season. It was 2009 when they met in week 17. Yeah. And then again, in the wild card round, Michael Vick had the great touchdown to start the game. And then it was all over her failure after that. Um, it's but, been a while, though, since like a really good man. You know, like both teams were kind of like, like, all right, they're both like 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 Philly was on their last legs at that point. Obviously, the McNabb era was crumbling. They got blown out in that week 17 game. I remember there being no juice, at least for me, for that playoff game. Because it's like we just we just got destroyed by this team. It's going to happen again. Like it's not going to be different this time. So, uh, yeah, I, it's been a while since I feel like there's been a good playoff battle between these two teams. I'm glad you brought that up because that brings me to my final point as it relates to the Eagles and the Cowboys before we get into the, the rest of the division here. Um the Eagles are the benefit of against the Panthers and the Saints in that their schedule is much easier, right? I don't. I think they they might be the worst team. You know, I don't know. I'm not a big believer in the Panthers, but I I definitely believe in New Orleans more than I do Philadelphia. I don't know who I'm picking it to be honest with you, but we'll get there. But they have the far friendlier schedule, and they face a situation where the Cowboys might not have anything to play for in Week 18, and that's fascinating and a lot of that obviously is going to unfold between now and then but the week before that blg the cowboys host the arizona cardinals and so i mean i i don't i still don't know how likely i personally think it is the cowboys are the one seed or whatever but i do think just kind of the way things tend to shake out that they are going to be entrenched in whatever their position is going to be for that week 18 game whether they're, they're going to be the one seed two seed three i think they're going to be locked i think that's just kind of the way it's going to work out and so it could be a situation for the Cowboys where mm -hmm. if you win, you keep Philly out. If you lose, yeah. they're the seventh seed. And if you're the two seed, maybe if you lose, that game is in Philly. You host them the very next week, kind of like we're talking about. That could be really interesting to watch unfold. What would you want them to do? Like if, it, if that was the choice, like I don't know, man. Um, so <laughs> so BLG and I recorded this on Tuesday. Uh, we do a live roundtable on our YouTube channel every Tuesday evening, which will actually publish on the podcast feed uh, before this. Uh, so the podcast audience has already heard my answer because I'm going to have to give one. I don't know because that would be the ultimate just devastation is to, to let the Eagles in and then lose. That would I mean, it would that would make I wouldn't want to touch my computer for the whole offseason like that would be. Awful, especially Nick Sirianni. Love you, bro. Thanks for exposing Denver. But I mean, like, to I just I couldn't take it, dude. It would be tough. That'd be a tough pill to swallow. But like, what what would you do if you were the Cowboys? Would you play Dak and everybody, or would, would you hope Cooper Rush could beat him? Like, would you roll the dice? Like, how would you approach that? 
Oh, man. I, I think I tend to believe in resting players. Um, uh, Especially if they don't yeah. have that first round bye, right? Because now you're right, like, exactly. you're, you're messing with your yeah. own future. Yeah, I mean, even if you have the buy, I don't think I'm playing them the whole game. Maybe like a first half or first quarter or something. Um, I, I my general theory is like, don't worry about the other team. Like, you have to focus on you. So don't like be like, oh, we can't have our rivals be in the playoffs. I get like that's tempting, and you want to think that way. But like, I don't, I don't fully believe in that because I think keeping players healthy is the most important thing. Because what if Dak gets hurt in that game? Well, then season's right. over. Goodbye. Like it's done. It's over. So um, I think that's kind of the most important thing. Although I get why it is tempting and. That'd be fun. Hopefully we do get a situation like that just for the sake of content and the podcast and everything. <laughs> it's fun to talk about that. It would be very interesting. Okay. Uh, we have uh, Washington and New York to get to. Uh, before we do, though, we're going to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Brandon. We took a 30-minute break, actually. Rare thing for the mixtape. What did you do uh, throughout it? That would be awful. 30-minute <laughs> podcast break. Yeah, here, I'll just come back in half an hour, uh, and we'll just fire up some more takes. Uh, yeah, uh, I uh, am actually cat-sitting for my neighbor's cats. Uh, I mean, they're Multiple. not here with me. Oh, you're yeah. like checking um, in on them next door every now and then. Yeah, across the hall. So I've been checking in on them. Uh, Mr. Wednesday, shout out to Mr. Wednesday, cool little guy. He's really friendly. And then the other one, I don't know, and I haven't met because it's like one of those cats who like does you know doesn't like people or is very shy. Um, so I've not seen that cat, but I know it's there because I'm I'm feeding it. So uh, that's what I did. I definitely went over there and refilled their bowls, and I'm being a good cat sitter. Mr. Wednesday, as the mixtape drops on Wednesday. Look at you, your Boom. symmetry right here. It's uh, it's impressive. Some would um, say we're Mr. Wednesdays. Some would. Um, okay. The um, every team won in in or not every team, but three teams won and nobody lost in the division last week. Cowboys, I think, got the the win they're most satisfied with. Like you know, they feel really good. They feel really justified. Eagles got an important win. Like I said, got the hope of Devonte Smith. Washington, I think, got the most impressive win just because this this looked impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, they they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here we go, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> shocked. I I don't know. I don't even know that it was like a shock the world. Like I was honestly less surprised by this than I was like the Bills losing to the Jaguars. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but um, how 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 in the world did Tom Brady and this offense? like not murder this Washington defense that lost Chase Young. It doesn't make any sense. I cannot wrap my head around that. Uh, Chase Young was actually placed on injured reserve on Tuesday, the day we're recording. So not that this is breaking news, but officially out the rest of the season. Huge bummer there. We hate every team, but nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. Um, yeah, dude, I really don't know. And uh, I'm back on my my soapbox here. I've said for years, like 
look, Bruce Arians, I would love to go on like a fishing trip with Bruce Arians. I would love to, you know, play some poker like deep into a Saturday night with Bruce Arians and like, you know, maybe watch a boxing match or something like that. His shtick gets so old, dude. Like he is like he curses and whatever. And no, nobody is bagging on him because he came out and is like, we suck. And it's like, yeah, you suck. Like you lost to this overrated head coach in Ron Rivera. I mean, how, how about some self-accountability? Like he's out here throwing everybody else under the bus. Like Bruce, you suck. Um, so, I mean, I don't think he sucks, but I mean, like, let's, let's get some, some, you know, I tweeted during Monday night football. If, if any coach other than Sean McVay had that stupid end of the first half, they would have gotten destroyed on Tuesday morning. And if any other coach lost to the football team as the head coach of the reigning world champions, they would have gotten destroyed, but not Sean McVay, not Bruce Arians. Tom Brady was super surly afterwards in his post-game press conference. Dude, own it. You you got embarrassed. It's okay. It happens. You're going to lose in the NFL. It's fine. Um, should Washington fans be happy? Like, should they be happy? Or are they emotionless at this point? I mean, like, how do you like what what's what's the play here if you're Washington? Uh, people are fired up. Uh, just based on reading from Hogshaven, like I think there was some, there's a crowd of some Washington fans who are like, oh, this loss is bad because we want the draft pick, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's the majority. I think it's more of a minority. And also, like, I get that from a rational perspective, but like part of being a fan and fandom and like a fanatic is like irrational. And like also at, at its core, wanting to see the team do well. So, you know, I feel like I'm pretty progressive when it comes to like, wanting a team maybe to bottom out because that's the best for them in the long term. But like if you can't enjoy this win, then like what are you doing? And I think that's actually what our friends over at Hogshaven wrote. Like if you if you didn't enjoy this win, like you're not a Washington football team fan. That doesn't mean you have to like again, you can kind of acknowledge maybe it's not the best thing for the long term. But in one day, it's a huge win. And it's a really like it's a great moment that they haven't been able to feel great in a long time. And Ron Rivera did something that Mike McCarthy couldn't do <laughs> and beat the Bucks. It's it's just facts. It's true. Uh, but like seriously though, like credit, I give a ton of credit to Ron Rivera for the sure. end of that game. I think a lot of I think Mike McCarthy might have done it. I think a lot of coaches would have kicked the field goal there, which made no sense because you just make it a seven point game, and Tampa Bay still has to score a touchdown anyway. And you know Tom Brady is going to get that ball at the 25-yard line and march down the field and find a way to do it and then win in overtime. He didn't even let that happen. That drive, I said this to Stats on the podcast today, the off-day debrief on the SB Nation NFL show, which people should also listen to. I think that drive from Washington was the best drive of the season. I really believe that. I think it was the best drive. Like, they held the ball for like 10 minutes, 30 seconds. It was what, like 19 plays? Like that was that's a that's a game winning drive. Like they orchestrated a great drive. They kept Brady on the sideline. They dominated. They didn't give him the Bucks a chance to get the ball back and win. Like that was that was great stuff. I don't know what this means for Washington moving forward. Maybe if you're trying to be really optimistic, you could say, okay, the defense is starting to figure it out. Maybe they're kind of clicking and coming together. I don't really fully buy that. Like that's the best thing I can see. Like this isn't like, oh, Taylor Henneke is actually a franchise quarterback. No, he's not. Like that's not what this means. He's a fun backup. He can do some good things here and there. But like if any, if there's any kind of long-term takeaway, um, I think it would be about the defense. Although I think Gibson did had some good moments too. And then obviously Scary Terry had that huge catch, which basically helped to seal the game on that final drive. So uh, San Francisco had a drive similar to this on Monday night, but the context, not the same. Like you're right. Like it's end of the game, like against the world champs against Tom Brady. I do not agree with you. I think super aggressive. Michael McCarthy would have absolutely gone for it. That's, that's kind of his thing. Um, but yeah, I mean this, I don't know. Maybe this is like, Oh, typical Cowboys fan saying this, whatever to me, if you're a Washington football team fan, this is the I'm good game, right? Like I'm, I'm good for the rest of the season. You want to lose every game from here on out. I'm good. You know what I mean? You gave me an incredible moment. You gave me a, a great, you know, way to feel uh, we'll have this, you know, this is the kind of thing that like, this is the ration that football team fans needed to get through to the beginning of next season. You know what I mean? Like it was that savory of a win. Um, and especially because like, it kind of had that feel right? like it kind of had this like oomph sort of pop, but then chase young is gone. So it's like, well, the season's over. You know, like not, not that like the season wasn't over, but the season's over. Um, so I, I think you, I, given given this season, given this team, given this organization, I think that that's fair, and, and I don't think you 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 know the terms that you're dealing with if you're a football team fan. 
yeah, again, I don't I don't think there are a lot of long-term takeaways here and Washington suddenly pointed in the right direction now. But again, it doesn't always have to be about that. Part of a fan is just like having fun. And this was a fun day for a Washington football team. So bad for us, but good for them. Um, they visit the Carolina Panthers this week. Now, I don't think either of us like super believe in the Panthers under Cam Newton, but it is likely going to be Cam's first start. Carolina Panthers at home with the crowd. While it's, you know, they might not be a good football team. It is a great story. It's fun. Um, I don't think Washington has any chance, although it is Ron Rivera returning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there a lot of juice for that? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Um, I don't know about a lot, like, I, but I mean, you know, they went to the Super Bowl. I get it. Like, I, I feel like Panthers fans probably are going to welcome him warmly, right? I would think so. Like, they had some good, they had some fun teams, they had some good times. It wasn't like amazing, and they didn't win the big one. But I don't know. I don't like. Do they hate Ron Rivera? I wouldn't think so. Um, no, it's it is funny just the way like sports tend to work, and that you know, it's Cam's return, Rivera's return. Yeah, like. Right. There's going to be a lot of pounding. You know what I mean? Like, just all over the Keep place. Pounding, some would yeah, say. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, I feel like Matt Rule belongs there the least. You know what I mean? Like, Matt, you want to leave? You know, just kind of leave the floor for Cam and, and Ron? Yeah. That'd be fine. Yeah. It's up to you. Uh, so, um, you think the. Oh, we're going to get into the predictions at the end, I guess. Right? Yeah. yeah. Come on, BLG. Let's go. Let's, let's, yeah. <sighs> Business first. Um, the New York football giants did not play this past week. And, All right. So we're done uh, talking about the giants. Let's move well, on. Very, no. very quickly because we are, you know, stupid. Um, the world scheduled the New York giants to be on Monday night football again, two out of three games for them on Monday night football. Uh, doesn't make any sense. Uh, but the New York giants will be playing on Monday night football against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this coming week. Uh, a pissed off Buccaneers team, I might add. This is in Tampa, so we'll get the pirate ship and all that jazz. Um, I don't think they stand any chance. I know they're coming off their win against the Raiders, and we said, like, good for them. They they took advantage. You hate to put it that way because of everything that Vegas was dealing with. But they did. They they executed, they did what they had to do. I don't I don't see any I don't see any way that the Giants win this game. Especially after the Bucs just lost. Like it's not it can't be like this was the, the Washington game was the trap game for the Buccaneers. You don't have two trap games in a row. That's not how trap games looks like Tom Brady's pissed off. Obviously you saw it after losing that game. And this is like, we've seen for other teams in the league, like the bills and the Cowboys uh, to name a few, like this is their get right game. They're going to get right against the giants. Maybe they don't blow them out, but whatever, they're going to find a way to win because the bucks are better than the giants and the giants aren't very good. Uh, I don't think it has to be any more complicated than that. Like this, Giants offense like they beat the Raiders but again there's there's what isn't there a pick six in there or whatever so it's like that offense still isn't very good I just don't know how they're going to score enough to outpace what the Bucks are going to be able to put up uh yeah I think it's that simple speaking of the offense I included this uh in my write-up around this episode uh at blog of the boys uh our friend Ed Valentine BLG at Big Blue View um wrote about second half of the season storylines for the Giants obviously they're coming out of their bias the second half one of the questions that Ed addressed was will Jason Garrett make it to the finish line um he said if the Giants continue to lose games and continue to struggle offensively even if they get healthier I can see Joe Judge sacrificing Garrett and turning to wait for it. Freddie Kitchens to run the offense. <laughs> Honestly, if the Giants don't improve on offense despite getting healthier, because you know players are coming back, Saquon included, uh, there would be justification for that. Such a move, though, could also be considered self-preservation by Judge, whose seat could grow warmer if the Giants don't win more games the rest of the way. He can always blame Garrett and make the case that he deserves a full chance with his guy kitchens in charge of the offense so my question to you can you see a world where the giants move on because sometimes when that happens it's during the bye so the you know team can institute different changes the giants clearly did not do that uh jason garrett's team his offense has been one of the worst since taking over his post with the new york giants i can't see it from the perspective of the giants have air quote class and they that's not the classy giants thing to do the Giants are like the ultimate organization of like moving the deck chairs on the Titanic. And uh, this always frustrates me about the Flyers, uh, Philadelphia Flyers, Nick Sirianni wearing a Philadelphia Flyers cap. Big Flyers fan, clearly for a lifelong, some would say, oh Flyers gosh. fan. RJ loves this so much. <laughs> uh, but like what the Flyers always do to kind of give you perspective of what I'm talking about here, 
they always think the answer, at least for years. I think more recently they've changed this. But anyway, the point is for years, like the answer was always in-house. It's like we just have to hire a former flyer or promote this guy. Like they never would like look outside of the organization. All the answers were always within, except in reality, the answers were never within because they're not winning. And I feel like the Giants are kind of the same way. It's like, oh, we'll just get rid of Jason Garrett and we'll move Freddie Kitchens up and that fixes everything. And even like when they hired Dave Gettleman, we have to hire a former Giants, someone's like connection to the Giants. Like it's always goes back to the Giants have all the answers when in reality, it's so clear that they don't. So uh, if they want to do that, fine. Uh, it's it's worth a shot just from a standpoint of like Jason Garrett's definitely not the answer. And like maybe Freddie Kitchens like is because there's, there's definitely coaches in the NFL who are like good coordinators and bad head coaches. Like that's there's are two different skill sets. I don't think it's like the same thing. So it's possible, but like this idea to me that like you know uh, you just make this one change and it's like it's like flipping the switch and it's now like Freddie Kitchens is in charge and you're gonna have this offensive revolution. Like how can you really believe that? You, that's such a great point. I never thought of that. That they they do view themselves as like it, it, the the. The, the example I'm kind of getting to is like how many off seasons in a row is it like, is this the year that Bill Belichick leaves New England to return <laughs> to coach the New York Giants? Like he he loved it here. You know what I mean? Like you get that story every off season. Um, and it's just it's like, no, dude. I mean, you know, you guys got really lucky twice. Respect. But other than that, you've been awful. You've been terrible. I mean, they they have been so bad. I'm reminded of how bad they are all the time during the Manning cast. Uh, on Monday night, when the, um, the 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 49ers were in a situation where I forget the exact situation now. At least I don't cover this team like BLG forgetting the situation with the Eagles. But uh, they took a timeout on fourth down, and Eli's like, "Well, you got to punt now, right?" Like it's like. No, they took a time like you can't take the timeout and come out and punt like oh it was the the big it was the big Debo touchdown they came out and threw that touchdown right away oh, yeah. but but Eli yeah. was like oh well you know that's why they're taking the timeouts they can get everything together to, together to punt no dude if you're sacrificing a resource it's because like the smart thing to do is to take advantage of the extra time that you just wasted and at least try to get a first down but they are such a like. No pun intended. They're such a punt first organization. Like that's that's what they do. They show up to run the ball three times and punt, like whether literally or metaphorically. That is that franchise. Well, speaking of running the ball, it looks like Saquon Barkley returned to practice for the Giants on Monday. He hasn't played since week five against the Cowboys when he suffered that ankle injury. So Giants season is saved. Saquon's going to come back and it's going to make a huge difference. I realize it's difficult to contextualize him, but where do you put him? Like, okay, let me play this game. Is Saquon Barkley a better running back than, and I'm going to give you some options. Okay, you ready? Yeah. And some of these are obvious, but like, you know, so we can kind of test the waters here. Yeah. Zeke Elliott. Uh, no. Antonio Gibson. Uh, that's a tough one. Probably not. I don't know. Healthy Miles Sanders. Um, I don't know. I no. It was Saquon's backup uh, at Penn State. You ever know this? Ever talk about that? I do know that. Um, David Montgomery went healthy. Uh, I don't have an opinion on David Montgomery. I, don't, <laughs> I haven't seen enough. David Montgomery to make a strong take on him. James Conner this season. I haven't seen a lot of Cardinals games. But uh, I guess Conner. Either Browns running back. Went oh, definitely. Obviously. Yeah, yeah the, def- obviously the Browns running backs. Yeah. Joe Mixon. I have not seen a lot of Bengals either. I can't. I mean, but I guess they're ruining this game. Like I know, but like I like you're, I like it's an AFC North team. I just haven't seen a lot of like Bengals and specifically like Joe Mixon. Um, I don't know. Yeah, is this worth it? Is this so, game worth? It's it? not. It's not worth it. The game failed. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say, RJ. How about this? Um, like to contextualize how dumb it is for the Giants and like we're relitigating something that's been covered a billion times but just to like further put that nail in the coffin how dumb it is for the Giants to take a running back at number two what is the Eagles offense right now being powered by their running backs like think about like again number one offense in terms of EPA EPA per play over the past few weeks Jordan Howard who was 
signed to a minimum contract earlier this offseason. And Jordan Howard himself said that he thought his career was over because he didn't get any interest from teams until the Eagles called him. Well, so the Eagles who, who like, uh, like dis disregarded him, by the way, like a team that like threw him away, you know, of all teams. Well, yeah, well kind of. I mean, they, they let him sign a deal with the Dolphins and then they brought him back after the Dolphins cut him. But the Eagles have had him on their practice squad until before last week. So he's just been sitting there available for any team to sign if anyone really wanted him. And then Boston Scott, who was like, a late day three pick and was on the Saints practice squad, and then the Eagles signed him off of him. And Boston he sucks Scott at Rocket year. League. Don't forget that. Well, he did point that out. But Boston Scott this year is on like the the exclusive rights free agent tender, which is you know like under a million. Jordan Howard is making under a million. Like this is what the Eagles offense is being powered by right now. Meanwhile, the Giants are spending a number two overall pick at running back, and like he's not even that good. He might not even be better than those two guys right now. Would you rather have Saquon or Tony Pollard? Uh, Tony Park. Mm, that feels like a good note to end on. Um, anything else? Any any NFC East, NFL, non-football? Just anything on your chest, BLG, that it, you will not sleep well if you don't say right now? No. Mm, I was kind of hoping there was going to be like an ode to Mr. Wednesday there or something. Um, but that didn't happen. So, hey. Um, favorite Christmas snack? It's like a cookie candy, you know? Candy cane oh, type man. situation. So, so not like a meal, not like a food item, but like a snack. Specifically. Yeah, like a like a you know the family's together. You know what I mean? Like you're 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 having some conversations with people you haven't seen in a while, and, and there's all these things. Maybe they're in a bowl or on a platter or something like that. So you got to peel the plastic off of. You could you know it's a versatile question. So you know it was really good. I had one year. It was at a family Christmas uh, gathering. Were these Dove chocolates that had like, it was dark chocolate, but then there was this layer of like peppermint, like a, like a small layer of like this white chocolate peppermint thing in there. And man, those were like addicting. I could have like 10 of those. They were so good. So I don't know if they still make those. I'll have to like look them up maybe after the show and other people should definitely try them and they're not a sponsor. I just really liked it. Um, and that's not homemade or anything, but those were, that's like what pops to my mind. I I've been like chasing those in my mind. Like I, I haven't had that experience in years and i want it again what about you what's your thing um i like peppermint a lot um so i like any kind of like peppermint cookie peppermint bark um not a real big fan of candy canes like i don't like candy canes because it's like your hands get sticky you know yeah, what I mean? they're like, not practical they're just not right. practical at all yeah um so i i oh last thing here um so my go i'm not like unique in this but my go-to thing like late at night the wife goes to sleep right now she's carrying our child so she goes to sleep a little bit earlier i'm staying up i'm watching something or whatever i'm listening to a podcast whatever like to sit with a bowl of cereal that's my thing right um underrated cereal i've been hitting lately is corn pops but um i recently bought because i have no you know prejudices here when it comes to cereal i'll eat whatever um i saw it and i said i gotta have it when we were shopping for the cocktail sauce um that i mentioned before we started recording it's, nobody heard that conversation but um nice. holiday captain crunch so it's like captain crunch with little red and green you know trees and stockings and stuff like that watch out that's fun um i feel like maybe someone listening but not too closely may have just thought that you were putting cereal in cocktail sauce with the timing that, of when you brought that up yeah again a psycho move that was a conversation um, but, we had uh right before we started recording so that that was for blg and rachel only so yeah hey. um I, so i like cereal more as a dessert than a breakfast i don't know if we've ever talked about this but like, oh dude yeah like i will never yeah. eat cereal for breakfast but late at night like that it's like a it's a it's a desserty type of snack is how i would put it yeah it's fun. Yeah, I, I like that. I'm in on that experience. Um, underrated cereal, which I don't know is around anymore. Oreo Oats. A weird Thank name to say, but very good. Bear likes that a lot. Um, uh, I was going to say something else, RJ, but I forgot. What else were we talking about before the cereal? You were saying uh, something. Christmas snacks, Christmas treats. You know. Yeah, I forget. It's gone. It's too bad. It was really good, but um, maybe okay. another time. While we're while we're wrapping up, what do you want? Oh, wait. One last thing. I figured it out. Uh, eggnog, yes or no? In or out on eggnog? Out, no way. Wow, don't like it. Mm -mm, stupid. Mm. Um, I'm. I don't know if this is like a South Texas thing because it's not. It doesn't get like frigid cold here. You know what I mean? Like it gets really, really cold where you live and and where you've grown up. So maybe I like I can see that. Um, but you know, no, no thanks. Now, non-alcoholic eggnog. You willing to entertain that? I mean, either way, you could do. Oh, either. see, like if you're yeah. if you're gonna drink non like that's dumb to me. Like if you're gonna drink it, it better at least you know be, it better be like at a social <laughs> event. You know what I mean? Like there better be a purpose. Um, uh, last actual last thing on the subject of this, 
Um, you don't know this because you're not from the Great Republic of Texas, but uh, Shiner, I'm sure you've heard of Shiner, Shiner beer before. I uh, guess, sure. Right. They have a, a holiday brew that is called Shiner Cheer. Um, and I also I went totally serious at the store. I bought my Cap'n Crunch holiday cereal and two six packs of Shiner Cheer. I am a I'm an adult about to be a father. But um, but this beer, Shiner Cheer, is brewed with uh, peaches and pecans. It is incredible. You can only get it this the, time of year. The timing of you bringing up these things, like I feel like again, like first it was the cocktail sauce and the cereal, and now I feel like I'm imagining you pouring like cereal and beer. Why? <laughs> the timing is not working out. That? I don't like, know because you, you keep bringing it up like hand in hand, and it's like no, my mind is it, going because it was all on the same trip, the same grocery sure. trip that we needed these same mm-hmm. things. Uh, so that's a good. So your holiday, like you got to go. You're, you're socializing as eggnog. That's the holiday thing you're going for. Because for me, it's it's China cheer. I have to give a shout out to a beer too that is really good and it's a Philly area kind of thing. And I can't remember the name off the top of my head because I'm really bad at this stuff, but it's um, by Trubs. Um, it's so good. It's I, I I don't think I've had this in a couple of years now and I'm just like remembering it that you said that and uh, it's making me think of that. So yeah, shout out to Mad Elf. Sorry, duh. That's what it was. It's called Mad Elf. RJ, it's really, really good. I'm so happy, by the way, that you did not say Elf when we were talking Christmas movies earlier. It's like it's enough. Like we don't need the like the same jokes <laughs> every enough. year. Like you know what I mean? Like I hate the jokes. The like Thin! I hate all of it. Like it's there are much better Christmas movies out there. Um, in fact, be different this year, people. Instead of watching Christmas movies, watch Christmas episodes of sitcom uh, sitcoms. Okay, I've said this before. This is actually the last thing that I'm going to say. And then we're going to leave. Um, but since it's, it kind of became our Christmas episode. Have you ever watched the TV show Community? Yeah. Okay. There's a a Christmas episode um, where Troy and Abed are rapping a song. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I guess. So anybody who's seen Community, you know what I'm talking about. There's a line in this rap that I have literally spent hours of my, like I'll sit and think about this, and I I can't I can't understand it. The line is, "If years were seasons, this December would be the December." of our december boom what does that mean what is <laughs> what does that mean if years were seasons this december would be down. the december of our december it probably makes sense i just can't it doesn't i've thought about it for hours of my life and it doesn't make any sense i thought you were referring to the uh donde esta la biblioteca no that's yeah, the episode did, one that is um yeah. that's fantastic but um okay Great episode, everybody. Congratulations to the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Washington football team, but not to the New York football giants. Do you think the giants are pissed that like Washington now has like football in their literal name? You know what I mean? They're not like, hey, we had that. You know, that was like our nickname and you you took it. Uh, So, hey, it is what it is. BLG, the last eight words belong to you. Make them great. I want you to keep listening to this.